Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part one of Pastor Michael's final teaching in a series in the book of Hebrews called Honoring Honorable Leaders. Honoring Honorable Leaders, Hebrews 13. So once you have it, once you stand, if you're able, and we're going to read from 17 to 25. Here's what it says. Obey your leaders and submit to them, Hebrews 13, 17, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, 18, for we are sure that we have a good conscience desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now, the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever, all God's people said, amen. amen. But we're not done, and you can tell this guy's a preacher, because after the amen, he just keeps going. He says, but I urge you, brethren, bear with this word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. Take notice that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom, if he comes, I will see you. Greet all of your leaders and all the saints, those from Italy greet you. Grace be with you all. You can have a seat. Heavenly Father, as we uh, have spent a good amount of time together in this majestic book of Hebrews, we have seen so many beautiful things, so, so much good exhortation, and really the, the theme of the book has been the supremacy of Jesus Christ to everything, to the law, to angels, to Moses, to Joshua, to the high priests. And as we've moved through the book, we've been reminded that we have a throne of grace, an altar of grace, a gospel of grace. We don't need to go back to the old shadows. We can now rest in the new covenant. But that doesn't mean we don't do anything. And in Hebrews 12, we saw that we have a race to run and we have things to do. In chapter 13, sacrifices that we still are to give, but they're sacrifices of praise and they're doing good and sharing with others. With these sacrifices, you are pleased, O Lord, and we want to please our King so in this final study, Lord, in a final section with some great exhortation and a beautiful benediction, I pray that you would illumine our eyes so that we might become more like our King. It's in his name we pray, in the name of Christ. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Now, the writer is obviously not with this group of people, and you can see that from this final section. And he opens this last section together with the word obey. The word obey is never a word that uh, gets a lot of good billing. Whenever you hear that word, you're like, obey? Well, who am I going to obey? Why, why do I have to obey, right? But he says, obey your leaders, and that softens the blow because he's not there at the moment. So he's saying, he's not saying obey me. 
He's saying, obey your leaders, the ones that are with you right now. In verse 7, if you take a peek back just for a moment, there's three verses in chapter 13 that deal with leaders. And it says, remember in verse 7, those who led you, here's how we discern what a good leader is, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. So remember those who led you. It would seem that there's a new group of leaders in verse 17 who are the current leaders. And this particular author, and remember there's a debate on who the author of Hebrews is. Some, be, some believe it's Paul. Some believe it's Apollos. Whoever it may be, this leader obviously is some sort of pastor. And he's saying, obey your current leadership. So it's always nice, it softens the blow a little bit because honestly, as a leader of a church or one of the leaders of a church, I would always wanna be very careful that I don't look like I'm doing something self-serving and you all know I didn't turn to this text. I've taught you verse by verse through the book of Hebrews with some other teachers. But when a verse like this comes before us, I don't want it to seem self-serving to you And I think one thing that does soften the blow is for you to know that this leader is telling them to obey their leaders. He's not saying obey me, although that could be appropriate. But I'll just say this. If someone has to say obey me, I'm a little concerned. If someone has to, you know, kind of ask for the respect of people, we need to be taught, but we got to be careful. Let someone else praise you, you know. Uh, you You don't need to throw your weight around as a leader and I get concerned sometimes when there's this constant uh, refrain on what your responsibility is to the leader and not what the leader's responsibility is to you. So if we're gonna if we're gonna follow the biblical ethic, Jesus knelt down and washed the disciples' feet and said, "This is the kind of leader I am. I'm a servant leader." And that doesn't mean that Jesus didn't have awesome authority, etc. But you get the point. In the church, we lead by example. We are servant leaders, and we lead under the chief shepherd. We are under shepherds at best. So we want to be careful with that. But nevertheless, it does sit before us, obey your leaders. Notice it's plural. It's not just one leader. In the early church, uh, elders, uh, an elder-led church was the New Testament model, and while there are some, there's some latitude in terms of there's not a ton on what we would call ecclesiology in the Bible or that is church government or leadership, there's not a ton of stuff there. But what is there is that a group of men are called to be elders in a church. They're called to lead. Uh, Paul urged, I think it was uh, Titus, to uh, appoint elders in every city and I will just say this to you, and this may not be popular, but I don't really care. Um, The biblical model for leadership is male elders in a church, not female elders in a church. And I will tell you that a good amount of the evangelical world is ordaining women uh, into the ministry, etc. Now, let me just qualify this by saying women were and always have been the backbone of the church. From the day that Jesus rose from the dead, the women were there and the disciples were hiding. But in the biblical um, outline that God has given, male headship is the way God has designed things. Not because men are superior to women, but because men have a different role than women. 
And it is an undeniable truth. And what concerns me is that many in our culture have blown with the wind because, I believe, of the pressure of the culture. And here's what you're going to hear. They're going to say that they've made the decision not because of cultural winds. They're going to say they made the decision because they've been convinced that the Bible leads them to do so. And I would just say to you that most pastors I interact with when this question comes up, I don't hear really good arguments. I kind of feel like there's a little song and dance going on. And we're not going to apologize for the word of God. Now, let me just say this. When you see obey and submit, I know those are a little bit of scary words, but they're scary words when the leader is scary. <laughs> we also know if you look at marriage, on the flip side of obey and submit is love your wife the way Christ loves the church. And if I'm going to love my wife the way Christ loves the church, I think my wife will trust me to lead her well. If I'm following Christ, then she can follow me. Amen? So we're not going to apologize for what the Bible says. At the same time, I don't think it's wise for a pastor or anyone else to be harsh or to make women feel like they're second-class citizens. That is not what the Bible teaches. Women are highly valued, and we know that they have been, uh, women have been absolutely essential to the operation of the church. And much of the ministry that goes on in the local church and the mission field is done by women. So that is just a credit to the faithfulness of women. But nonetheless, there are still roles that God has laid out. And so this particular obey your leaders and submit to them, the word submit is a word that means to yield to authority and to admonition. Now, you are to submit to your leaders. If you're in a marriage, you submit to your husband. You don't submit to every man. But there's also a submission called for in government, like we're supposed to submit to government leaders. If you're in the military, you submit to your commander. So there's an order of things, and this is how God has laid things out. And if you have an argument, I guess you're going to have to have it with him. <laughs> now, obey your leaders and submit to them. Here's why you should, for they keep watch over your souls. That's about as significant a job description as I could ever think of. That in some sense, a pastor elder watches over the souls of the flock. Now I'm telling you, just, you know, if, if you are a person that considers ministry, that should make you at least swallow a little bit and take a sober assessment of that job description. That is, that you watch over the souls of the flock. Now what does that mean, that I watch over your soul? I'm not the one that saves your soul, nor do I keep you, but... In some way, as a leader, and if you walk this out to the collective leadership of the church around the world, this is watchtower imagery. This is actually, in the Greek Old Testament, the Septuagint, this is actually from Ezekiel chapter 3, 33, and I think it's Isaiah 60, oh, somewhere in the 60s, but, but basically it's this, that whenever the word is translated in the Greek Old Testament. There's a, a Greek translation of the Old Testament. It is watchtower imagery. So here's what the, the guy on the watchtower did. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. As significant a job description as I could ever think of. That in some sense, a pastor elder watches over the souls of the flock. And I'm telling you, just, you know, if, if you are a person that considers ministry, that should make you at least swallow a little bit and take a sober assessment of that job description. That is, that you watch over the souls of the flock. Now, what does that mean, that I watch over your soul? I'm not the one that saves your soul nor do I keep you, but in some way as a leader, and if you walk this out to the collective leadership of the church around the world, this is watchtower imagery. This is actually in the Greek Old Testament, the Septuagint, this is actually from Ezekiel chapter 3, 33, and I think it's Isaiah 60, somewhere in the 60s, but, but basically it's this. That whenever the word is translated in the Greek Old Testament, there's a a Greek translation of the Old Testament, it is watchtower imagery. So here's what the the guy on the watchtower did. He would be watching over the city, and he would make sure that no invaders were coming in. And he was culpable for their blood if he didn't sound the alarm if an army was going to come to attack the city. But if he sounded the alarm and those people did not heed his warning, then it was on them. That's the uh, language from Ezekiel 33. If, if you're on the watchtower and you sound the alarm, the enemy's coming, the enemy's coming, and the people respond, everything's good. But if you don't do your job, and literally this means, this language for watch, keep watch, is to stay awake. So if he was sleeping on the job, as it were, if he wasn't doing his job, then he was responsible. Let me show you a parallel text to this in the book of Acts, chapter 20. Uh, Paul will use similar imagery. Let's flip over there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And Paul is addressing the elders of the church at Ephesus, and he says these words. This is Acts 20, 25. And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I've, I went about preaching the kingdom, Acts twenty twenty five. I want you to notice that Paul, in his New Testament preaching in all the different cities, was preaching the kingdom of God. We've been studying that on Sundays. Acts twenty twenty five. I went about preaching the kingdom, will no longer see my face. Therefore I testify to you this day that I'm innocent of the blood of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you 
overseers. Notice, watching over, protecting to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And I know that after my departure, Acts 20, 29, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one of you, each one with tears. Now, Paul is using watchtower imagery here when he says in verse 26, I am innocent of the blood of all men. What he's saying is, I did not shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God, or we might translate this the whole purpose of God. Implicit in that, if you turn back to Hebrews, is this reality. If a shepherd withholds the full counsel of God, so that sheep become susceptible for his failure to teach the full counsel of God, I believe that that shepherd is going to answer to the ultimate shepherd. And that's why I swallow a little bit hard when I say these things to you. (laughs) Amen? Because the truth of the matter is, if I didn't speak to you the truth, and of course it's going to take a while to get the full counsel of God before a church Congregation, But here's my point. If I bunted when I should have taken a full swing, if I withheld truth because it wasn't popular, uh, dot, 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 and then you become more susceptible to wolves because I didn't tell you the truth, then that's on me. I failed to do my watchtower job. So when we go verse by verse through the Bible, some of you may wonder, why is that living truth approach? Well, because we're called to teach the full counsel of God, and I know that when I preach a Sunday, I know exactly what I'm preaching the next Sunday. It's the next chunk of scripture. I never have Saturday night jitters. Never. Unless we're going to go to a psalm, but if we we pause from our verse-by-verse teaching, as you well know, if you've been here for a while, it's only because maybe there's a sense of a holy nudge to take a break and go to a psalm or somewhere else. But for the most part, this is what we do. Why? Why? Because we're getting the full counsel of God, and on top of that, we're not skipping difficult texts, whether they be about leadership, whether they be about sexuality, whether they be about roles of men and women. It's all going to come. You're going to get it all in the Bible, amen? You're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to go through the book of Judges, and we're going to see war and ugly stuff and chaos and everybody doing what was right in his own eyes. How applicable is that to today? Amen? But I will tell you that as a Bible teacher, there's some chapters that I look ahead and I'm like, I don't really want to teach that. (laughs) Honestly, in my flesh, I don't want to teach it because I know it's not going to necessarily be received well by everybody. So obey your leaders and submit to them because they keep watch. They have a job to do. They are to keep alert and watch over your souls. In 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul said to Timothy these words, 1 Timothy 4.16, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you, 1 Timothy 4.16. So 
we're having a conversation outside, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off this in a minute, but I, I just want to tell you what I see in church culture. I see churches doing box series on at the movies. Churches doing series, it looks like all these churches have purchased the series from the same outfit. 20 minutes of a movie clip and a 10-minute commentary with a little light and fluffy, a couple of scriptures in there, and that's about it. And most of the sermon is a movie clip. Now, I like movies as much as the next person. But when I come to church, I come for the word of God. I can watch a movie at home, amen? So I don't want you to think that I'm trying to be mean because that's not what I'm doing. I'm concerned, actually. I'm concerned. Because here's what we see in the culture. We see oftentimes polls are done and a good majority of Americans still say what? I'm a Christian. And then we see behavior and we go, now wait a minute. You know, it used to be a decade or or so ago, it was something like 70 to 80% of Americans were saying they were Christians. And I'm like, well, where's the disconnect then? And it may well be that people are just checking boxes on medical forms or answering polls, and I get that. But it also may be that people in the church, quote-unquote, are not very well taught. You've been listening to Honoring Honorable Leaders, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews, Chapter 13, Verses 17 through 35. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, as you listen to Walk in Truth, maybe you're thinking, you know what? I hear the word obey in this particular title and the word like a word like submit, obey, maybe some of the clear, hard boundaries in the Bible, at least hard for some in our modern culture, are hard for you. And maybe you're just thinking, you know what, can't we just live and let live love and love God and love others? Yeah, we can, but it comes down to our definition of love. When we love someone, we'll tell them the truth, especially if what's at stake is whether they inherit the kingdom of God. So what do we do when we're feeling a little bit iffy about where to take stands and how to hold boundaries? How do I find the balance of speaking the truth in love? Leaders can help us because in the ancient world, the word honor is connected to that which is weighty. So value was determined by weight. In this case, when we honor something, it's what we give the most weight to. Now, leaders are supposed to give weight to the word and we follow them as they follow Christ. Now, it doesn't mean you follow someone just because they have a title. But if they're teaching the word of God to you, even when it hurts, you do what's right because it's God's word. And it's just that simple. And it's it really doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Now, maybe you're having a tough time, and, and I get it if you are. But just remember what's at stake. 
think about other areas of life. You work for a company, you're in the military, you're on a professional sports team. There's expectations. It's it's not going to just be you can do whatever you want. Well, how much more with God? God is loving and gracious, but he is holy. And so he does have these things that may seem a little bit uncomfortable to us, but maybe we have the wrong notion of God. (laughs) And that's why we need the Word of God and leaders to help us. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and you're listening to the Word of God right here on Walk in Truth as we are winding down on the incredible book of Hebrews. We're so glad that you've been listening. It is our prayer that you're benefiting from the broadcast. Hey, we've been saying this for a while, but if you can help us financially, if you can partner with us. I know there's a lot of ministries out there that are hurting. The economy's in a tough spot right now, but maybe you've been blessed and you would like to even perhaps uh, if it costs you something like a cup of coffee or a lunch once a week, you'd like to give to Walk in Truth. I'm going to leave that between you and the Lord, but you know we want to give cheerfully and we want to give to ministries that have help build us up. So if that's the case with you and Walk in Truth, please pray for us first and foremost. We we believe in the power of prayer. That's in our text as we study through Hebrews 13. But if you can also give, check it out at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 13, 17 through 35 called Honoring Honorable Leaders. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.